0: Your views, your news, your limerick today with Joe Nash on Live Ninety Five.
1: Now it is Time for our Friday morning coffee break as we ease into the bank holiday weekend and delighted to welcome uh, this morning among our guests uh, Parenting Behavioural Specialist Deirdre Holland-Hannon Colin Moore of Standout Renters website Limerick and Pauline Walsh who among many other things is a beekeeping manager and you know Pauline I was thinking about you only last weekend because I was walking in the uh, Castle Troy Park and they have an area there that they've allowed to grow for wild flowers and and, and encouraging and and they have signs up talking about helping the bees. It's an important time of the year, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's very important and and people shouldn't panic now because there's swarm season. So if they see a swarm, contact a beekeeper.
1: If they see a swarm? I only saw one or two bees.
2: Well, sometimes you'll see um, a bundle on a bush that looks like a bunch of grapes. Yeah. Don't go near Do you, them, they you, touch you.
1: Did you They're ever just... hear of a situation? When I was a kid, our house was entirely covered by a swarm of bees. I mean, windows, the whole lot. They descended on the house, covered the entire thing. It was absolutely terrifying while it went on. Um, and a still of distinct memories of it. And then they just moved off. But it was a long, probably only a few minutes, but it happened. Yes.
2: But the funny thing is, I didn't know anything about swarms and bees seven, ten years ago. Um, swarms are not dangerous. And even if you go out and watch that, they won't come near you. They're protecting the queen and looking for a new home. Possibly your patient's possi- and soffit, Um Possibly what? Into your patients and or under your roof. Really? Yes. So it's important to contact a beekeeper but as quick as possible.
1: Okay, so they, they know what they're at. Uh, yeah. All right, Um right, let's talk then uh, for a couple of minutes about the Johnny Depp um, libel case that he took against Amber Heard because of an opinion piece that she had in one of the big newspapers in the US. It went on for a long time. Uh, it was massive interest in it. Ultimately, he won pretty decisively. There, there was one piece of it that went her way, but in general he won decisively. I think there was a $15 million award as a result of the libel trial. Um, Deirdre, why was there so much fascination, do you think, with uh, the case all over the world? Hi, Joe. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe on
0: online
3: I guess it's an interesting one. We're never, I suppose, uh, allowed into um, piece of people's personal relationships as much as we were in this particular scenario with the case being um, videoed live from the court was, I mean, particularly novel to us here in, in the EU for sure. Um, and, you know, there were big names. It, it was an interesting one in general to watch play out just from a societal point of view. It was very much um, you know, I, I, it, it was strange to kind of see it play out so much in uh, in the community, more so even in the court. And have everyone have such strong opinions um, other than the actual judge and jury. But you know, it was a strange one. I guess it's just that in-depth, intimate information that we were all getting is is, is pretty addictive for, you know, the best of us. And, and we are um, more and more, you know, um, normalised uh, generation for reality TV and it kind of felt like that, I guess.
1: Yeah. And the fact, as you say, that uh, people seem to be taking positions on this, you know, they were on oh, one yeah, side really or the strongly. other and they were yeah, adamant yeah. about
3: it. Mm, like, you know, <laughs> judge and jury, and they were right, you know, people said their opinions were 100% correct. It's kind of, I suppose it's worrying, but it does also play into our general uh, team of cancer culture that is coming in a little bit um, more and more to the world. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a scary thing to see becoming so normal, but... Um, yeah, they're they're definitely. I think it all kind of wrapped up into a similar mindset, though.
1: Right, um, and Colin Moore. I mean, what did you make uh, of the fascination with this case? I, I think in the London courts, Johnny Depp had sued uh, one of the tabloid newspapers, and he lost that case. Uh, this this was more specific, but interestingly enough, it is extremely difficult in the US to A, take a defamation case and B, um, have the publication um, or what was published found against because they have something called absence of malice. So you need to prove that there was malice in what was written as well as it being defamatory. Yeah. And
0: to be honest, Joe, I didn't hugely follow along with the case even though I was getting a huge amount of notifications on YouTube for snippets and comments um, during the week. I I suppose my, my major take on it is less about the case and more about the survivors of domestic abuse that you know this doesn't become the standard practice or this doesn't become what's expected um, of individuals who are seeking justice for um, and survivors of domestic abuse. It's uh, and I I think there's a major role for the media to play in in this. That this was you know an open window into people's lives. But I I really really hope that um, that that's not what becomes expected uh, globally and and certainly here in in Ireland.
1: Okay, and Pauline, what did you make of it all?
2: Well, I I have an interesting take on it, like that. I was more on the abuse side of it, and it seems that he had suffered abuse as well, and it just opens it. I think for men to be able to discuss the fact that they are in abusive relationships, yes. it's, it's not just a women get abused.
1: Well, I mean, the reality is that in this specific case, and it was, you know, relating to defamation and libel, mm-hmm. um, you, he, he, it was found largely in his favour um, this week. But, you, but you're saying the larger point you would make and uh, is that, you know, anyone who suffers um, should be able to raise it and discuss it in public? Discuss it and get help, whether
2: it's, it's major public situation but be able to be accepted because I know for men to come forward and say that their wife is abusing them or, or they're under control, it's more difficult than it's not accepted that a man can't be able to stand up for themselves.
1: OK. All right. Well, listen, as you said, that's a general point you're making rather than discussing the specific ins and outs of uh, an individual case. But thank you for that. Uh, it seems that every possibility, um, rather than expanding the likes of Shannon and Cork Airport, are being proposed in Dublin about Dublin Airport um, Authority and the problems there over the last while. Uh, somebody this morning, we just heard on Live 95 News, I think it was Padre um, suggesting that the solution is to build another airport in Dublin. Um, and then uh, the Minister for Transport saying in the Dáil, oh, we, we looked at this idea of you know um, diverting flights or using Shannon, but well, it would be very complicated because you, you couldn't have people landing in Shannon thinking they were coming to Dublin. Well, I presume you would tell them that they were coming to <coughs> Shannon and then you'd organise what would be known in the business as something that he's a big advocate of himself, public transport to get them up the road. I mean, this is a tiny country in relative terms, um, isn't it, colum
0: yeah, it's um so we're we're a very small country in relative terms, but the reality is Dublin is the 12th busiest airport in Europe. They had around 30 million passengers come in in 2019. Um that dropped to almost or just under 8 million in 2020 and a similar level in in 2021. The first four months of this month, so kind of the end of, of what we're seeing now, um, is is ten times higher than uh, of a, from a volume perspective than the first four months of of last year. So, you know, they they let people go during the pandemic. Uh, it took them longer to to hire people than expected. Um, I think they've come out public and publicly and said they've stumbled, they've they've made a mistake. Um, and I think the important thing here is, you know, what's the response to this? Uh, does this continue to be a problem or um, is this, uh, you know, a blip and um, they've learned no, their lesson? Why
1: are we stuffing, you know, a third of the country into Dublin city and county? What are we doing? Well, yeah,
0: you know, I think that that's the choice people people make. As uh, you know, but, but is, it,
3: is it is it a choice that I mean? You talk about I that, but jo- I don't think it's a choice. I mean, not in a million years would I choose to fly out of Dublin over Shannon, Cork, or Kerry if I had the options, especially with kids. Or you know, my even my parents go to America a lot. They had to fly out of Dublin to see my brother. Like they'd have pr- loved the flight out of Shannon because it's mm-hmm. the driving for older people. You know, it's the trouble, not the airport. You know, for older people the the airport is quite easy to navigate and you have a lot of assistance and, and all the rest. But the driving and the transporting up and down to Big Smoke yeah. is just nobody's first it, choice.
0: So I, I actually flew over to London from Shannon on Friday last week uh, and it took from going up the escalators, showing my passport and going through the um, the scanners and putting my shoes back on, it was under two minutes. Um, so that's... pleasure. That, you know, I, I yeah I think it's I think it's an absolutely fantastic um it's a fantastic option for people in Limerick Shannon has around 20 25 destinations Dublin has I think 180 so uh, the choice is from Dublin, but I'd, I'd prefer to make sure that I got on my flight in, yeah, but, in but Shannon than the, the miss my is, holiday in Dublin.
1: But the, but the point is, it doesn't have to be. I mean, it's about like all this happy-clappy stuff that went on during the pandemic about uh, people being able to work from anywhere in the country, regardless mm-hmm. of where their head office was. And isn't that a great idea? And we should push things out more. And if I hear one more person talking about poles to Dublin and regional yeah. balance and corridors between Galway, Limerick, Cork, and Waterford, we'll mm-hmm. get on with it, then. Do it yeah. and use our airports, Shannon and Cork, as a big part of that. Surely.
0: Yeah, and sure. I, I, it's sort of a chicken and egg problem in that, like you know, bigger cities have continued to grow uh, over the last hundred years, and regional cities um, have grown, but but not as fast. So this is a much longer term. Um, Trends. Uh, but again, I, I think it's important for people from Limerick, if you get the opportunity, and Claire Cork, Kerry if you get the opportunity to use a, a regional airport, you know, the more we use airports, the more destinations will come on board so we can start the snowball effect. But, but you it's know, like, you it's have like to everything. With your I,
1: I mean, if you even look at something simple, you know, the government will often use tax policy to change our behaviour. Yep. So there are lots of things they can do as, as national aviation policy and a, a regional approach. If they are serious and the question is, is the government, are, is the, the body politic, is business in this country really serious about redistribution to allow quality of life and also to be fair? For the people in Dublin, I mean, I was up there last weekend. It was a Saturday, driving around the M50 and these things were coming up going, oh, watch out now at the next junction. There, there, could, there could be delays. I thought it was a crash. It wasn't a crash. It was just traffic. That's how choked up it's got. Um, Pauline, what do you think?
2: Well, I don't think people actually choose to live in Dublin. Everything has been centralised to, Dub- to Dublin. So therefore, people have to follow the work. If it was decentralised and brought back, our regions would thrive more instead of being turning into desert areas. I'm hoping now to travel to India in October and I was looking at prices. It's a bit cheaper to go from Dublin but I'm now thinking I will get the connector flight from Shannon to reduce the stress load of getting to Dublin.
1: So and, you and so have, you get the connector flight from Shannon to
2: to... Wherever it, it takes me to Dublin or London or right. wherever, okay. it'll cost me a bit more financially, but mentally and physically. Now, I'm not going to be stressed out going out out on a, on a retreat, you know. But it's just, why would I want to go? And
1: yeah. And why would you want to start your, a, your, an, your trip day. off like that? Yeah.
2: It's, it's yeah. an extra day to get to Dublin. Yeah. Whereas, like but, but, it's an, an hour for an hour and a half from my house.
1: No, I mean, there might be listeners who don't remember, but at one stage the then Minister Charlie McCreevy decided that it was a good idea to try and decentralise parts of the civil service and, and move it around the country. There was absolute pandemonium. You'd swear he was suggesting that he was going to send offices to, you know, the heart of Africa and people would have to commute from Dublin every day. The only thing that kind of did happen, interesting enough, was a section of the Department of Foreign Affairs, which is still up here on um, um, Henry Street, actually, not far from us, the Irish Aid Offices. And, and you know, I mean, it, it, they, nothing happened to those people. They, they were able to come down here and live perfectly reasonable and, and pleasant lives while continuing to work. So, what it is the obsession in this country
2: with? And then the price of houses to rent. You you can hardly eat in Dublin because of the price of things to to live up there and
0: in just having a house.
1: Right. Well, no, we're we're in we're in Column Moors, There now renting.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, so I mean, um, I've again I've, I've been speaking to business owners um, in in the last couple of months, and they are struggling to find uh, accommodation for their new hires which is it's slowing their growth plans uh, i'm working with a number of hosts to to help them find really good renters and genuinely there's 150 to 200 people applying for for every room uh, available in castle troy on the north side of limerick um you know i'm i'm a big proponent of um of trying to unlock some of the sixty thousand unused bedrooms in limerick um and you know we 'll have no housing crisis overnight that 's what i 'm spending my kind of time on on doing, um, but again, if people don't have somewhere to live, um, they they won't move here uh, to to work and and we 're already seeing that um, play out now
1: uh, and just just one other thing. Um... We were talking yesterday about uh, the Queen of England 70 years on the throne and because we get a lot of the media from over there, we're getting saturated with everything that's going on in their four-day weekend. And and there was a lot of concern on social media yesterday when during the BBC's coverage, the BBC's television coverage of this public event, uh, the Irish guards were involved. And there was a conversation between the presenter and an ex-military man over there where they used a deeply offensive term about Irish people more than once and it was all done in the court of a jocular ha 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 sure isn't that what they called themselves and then there was a sort of a an underlying reference to Irish people's sort of temperament it was it was bizarre wasn't it did, did, did you see any of that
3: I actually miss that
1: Joe, but sometimes I won't I use the can... term. I won't use the term. It's not. It's okay. not. It was not. It was not nice. It was not pleasant. I
3: look it up so I yeah. can be fully offended later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Go to that you know? that's what I like. That's what I like. Be fully so offended I can,
3: later. So I can bank it, Joe. <laughs> we're not to offend certain cultures, but I think sometimes Irish people are supposed to take it on the chin. So a lot of the time you see, like, um, you know, that kind of element of you can't say that anymore about such and such or, you know, this particular, um, you know, country or, you know, their particular culture or this and that, but I tend to see the tone and it's definitely on social media and different areas of media that when it comes to the stereotypical Irish offences or characteristics that are often put on us we're kind of supposed to be gas crack and just take it on the chain so I imagine you know they probably thought they could get away with it in the sense of we'll all just laugh it off. And I don't even know what it was, but just to talk in general terms, I see that an awful lot in, in, in kind of that whole, you know, what we, we have to, I suppose, dance around an awful lot that we found normal previously. And, you know, the way our parents even spoke previously about certain, um, things in life yeah. and, um I, I find we don't seem, though, to get the same respect as other areas, as Irish people, because we're great crack and it'd be grand and they won't take offence.
1: <laughs> right. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us, the three of you. A really interesting conversation this morning on our coffee break. Deirdre holland Hannan Parenting Behaviour Specialist, and you can follow Deirdre on social media. Colm Moore of Standout Renters' website in Limerick, and we'll talk to you again about the wider issue. Uh, Column. thank you. And a uh, good friend of the show, Pauline Walsh who's a beekeeping uh, manager in County Limerick your views your news your Limerick Today with Joe Nash
0: on Live 95